episode 65 of Off Script with Trish Close, intimate interviews and fun conversations with interesting people. In front of my microphone today is Dr. Tammy Rogers. Hi, Tammy Hello. Rogers. <laughs> Hello. You're a veterinarian. Yes, ma'am. At Jacksonville Veterinary Hospital. Yes, ma'am. You are also a very dear friend of mine. True. We are firewives. Our husbands are firefighters. They yes. save lives every day. Every day. Big time heroes. I've known you a long time. And you're yeah. my vet. Yeah. True. Yeah. So I've known you, what, more than a decade? I think that's good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good You're good with that number? <laughs> yes. That's good. <laughs> it seems old, but. <laughs> so so I asked I asked my friend Tammy to do this podcast. And the last two weeks, she's been saying, you know, you, you can still change your mind. It's still not too late. <laughs> no. No. You're here and you're doing it. You're interesting. And you're smart. You're very, very smart. That remains to be seen. Well, you're very so. good at your job. You just recently, well, you tell me, you, you purchased the practice? I did. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Was that a big decision? Ginormous. Yeah, it was huge. It was really big decision. Uh, what was the reasoning behind buying it? Is it just time? Uh, it was time, but I think t I started at Jacksonville 10 years ago. Uh -huh. And day two, I went home and I told my husband, I never want to work anywhere else. Aww. And he looked at me and said, you know, that's really presumptive of you. And I said, yes, it's true, but it was just different. And mm -hmm. I love the community. I love my staff mm -hmm. and I love that building and place. Mm -hmm. And it's just become my home. And I knew that my boss was very, very close to retirement. And I also loved him. He was an amazing veterinarian, a mm -hmm. really good man. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't fathom the concept of working for anybody else yeah it terrified me so was it was that a scary jump to make though buying a practice yes because I have two very small kids you do so it was it was a very huge decision for me to make mm -hmm. to take that additional okay well we're gonna on. talk about um being a veterinarian and all that good stuff but first of all where are you from originally born and raised in Sparks Nevada in Nevada yes ma'am how did I not know this? You know I went to UNR. I do. You did know this. We did talk. Okay. At the beginning of a decade ago. Was I drinking? Was I it. drinking wine at the Could time? Okay. Probably together. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> Sparks, Nevada. Yeah, not super exciting. I mean, Sparks is a lovely town. <laughs> if you like sagebrush and it's it's high desert. Joints. Yeah, strip joints, sagebrush. There's parts. Oh, I mean, you know, Tahoe's right there. It's beautiful. Sure. Yeah. And I don't think I honestly as a kid, ever went to Tahoe. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Yeah. I just went to my first Oregon Shakespeare Festival play. Like Yeah, see? It's right in your back door. A couple door. of years ago. It's so stupid. Yeah. Like, it's really dumb. Um, did you grow up with siblings? I have two sisters, yes. Okay. Now, isn't one of your sisters on the East Coast right now? She is, Okay, yeah. New Jersey, right? Sh now Philadelphia, but... Okay. Yeah, or Pennsylvania, not Philadelphia. Okay, but, and so. where are you in the lineup with these two sisters? I am smack in the middle. Oh, no, middle child syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have middle child syndrome? Well, to be honest, no, because I didn't know my my younger sister. I didn't know she was actually my sister until we were teenagers. So Wait, what? Back up. Yeah, long tell me story. The story. No, to, yeah, that's why we're here, to tell stories. <laughs> so wait, there's you have an older sister. Yes, ma'am. Okay, and your younger sister was not in the picture? She was, but I just was never told that she was my sister. And so 
good surprise. At the time, I didn't realize it, but she's a very fantastic person. And as you know, and unfortunately, we didn't have a chance to really develop a relationship. I didn't. I was only with my dad. She's a half sister through my dad. She's, okay. Um, and uh, I was only around her during the summertime, and so we didn't really because we were never told we were sisters. I just kind of brushed her off as dad's girlfriend's daughter. Wait, what? Crazy. So your yeah. parents divorced. Mm-hmm. How, how old were you? Four. You were four years old. And then there, your dad has this kid that you just assume is like kind of like a stepsister kind of thing. Yeah. She, his girlfriend at the time was around and wonderful to me and a great person. But they had a child together. And, um, you know, they chose not to share it in that manner. And Why? Good question. I'm not sure I understand it still to this day, but that's their personal business and okay. Yeah. Um, but, you know, now I have a sister. Crazy. And, you know, I don't think I found out until I was like 14 years old that she was my sister. She was just always around as just the kid. Did you guys, like, do you look alike? No. Okay. No, we don't. Okay. No. Any similarity, like, any, as far as personality goes? Uh... Probably not. I mean, what she, did you say when you found, when they're like, like, how did that happen? Did they sit you down and be like, hey, we have something to tell you? No. No, actually. <laughs> Were you my, eavesdropping my, on a conversation? No, my older sister totally ratted them out. You know, it was a, something that was shared in confidence with her. And, I, you know, and it's, it's funny because it's just not, it wasn't really that big of a deal. And when huh. I asked my dad about it years later, why didn't you tell us this? It was heartbreaking, his answer. And it's something I will never forget. But he said to me, when your mom left with you and the girls, she took every ounce of love that I had left inside me. And so I have just withdrawn myself and tried to protect mm. you and myself mm. from ever loving that deeply again. And oh my gosh. Yes, it was so I there's a lot about it I don't understand and I just after that I let it I just kind of let it lie cuz now I have a she's a beautiful beautiful person and I love her dearly um and people make choices we Man. may not understand them but kicking off episode 65 <laughs> with some drama <laughs> Woo! i didn't i did not know this about you tammy rogers well i'm sure a lot of people don't no, they do now <laughs> <laughs> yeah thanks <laughs> you're welcome so so okay so at the time did you you know was it was there anger or was there just like no way that's my sister no because again i was like 14 maybe okay. and i was just like meh <laughs> I don't really think I I didn't understand it but sure. I, what was I going to change you Nothing. know and, right. and I and again I only really saw her and there's a lot of stuff I regret now about it looking back and and saying gosh I should have you know taken that on and been more involved in her life as she grew up and yeah. and took a bigger role but I was 14 and yeah. kids don't know anything at 14 no, you're a dummy at 14 yeah, you and all you care about is yourself yeah, absolutely so yeah. um, you know thankfully I've had and I've worked really hard at developing a relationship with her mm-hmm. as we've gotten older and she has wonderful kids and a beautiful family and I cherish her she's a really incredible person awesome where is she <laughs> she's also in sparks okay yeah and other sisters on the east coast mm-hmm. okay so did you get along with your older sister absolutely not no no we were so we are so night and day difference and she's probably been one of the greatest surprises of my life um we were very, very different people. Still are to this day, but we've been able to appreciate each other. Um, she led a very different lifestyle than I did mm-hmm. um, outside of high school and college. Um, 
and there was a good point in my life where I just said, I'm out for that. You mm-hmm. go, you be you, and that's good, and we'll see each other at holidays. And, and outside of that, I'm just going to kind of do my own thing. And um, she dramatically transformed her life and became a different person when she got pregnant with her first child. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and I've told her all of this. When I found out, I thought, I sat Alan down and said, this one's ours won't be long but we will be raising this child and I have humbly had to go to her and apologize and ask her forgiveness because I was wrong she turned into she is one of the most amazing people I know she is an incredible mother awesome um yeah okay so sis family's done (laughs) check can check that off our list today I'm gonna just take a sip out of my cool face mug here yes she's really Tammy's really excited about the coffee mug that I'm gonna let her keep I'm so excited about it because you're my buddy and I love you um, what were you like in high school? And you went to high school in Sparks? No, I went to high school in Meridian, Idaho. Okay, so wait, when did you move to Idaho? Third grade? Fourth, fourth grade. Okay. Mm-hmm. So did you stay there? Until I graduated high school. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I thought you were born and raised in um, Sparks, Nevada. Well, no, yeah, I guess I moved from Sparks in about second grade. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, so Idaho. Um, what was living in Idaho like? So boring. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Idaho. Super boring. Yeah. Sorry, Idaho. I have wonderful people that still live there. My best friend still is in Boise, and I love her dearly, but yeah, yeah I I couldn't wait to get out. Uh, what were you like in high school? Boring. You were boring? Yeah. I have no exciting stories to tell. It's strong disappointment to my husband. <laughs> he doesn't who has, believe. Who has really interesting oh stories to tell. You should talk to him because he's actually incredibly interesting. And I have he's, nothing. He's on my list. He always says, how can that be possible? How could you have been so good? I was just flat out boring. I have nothing exciting to tell. Well, I mean, just because you were good doesn't mean you were boring. <laughs> like, you weren't a party girl in high school. No. Okay. No, I suppose the only thing super exciting I might have to tell. I was I was in sports student council. Um, I was so typical. Oh my god, <laughs> I was an Olympic style weightlifter. That what? Was, yeah. See all these things that you don't know about. Really? Me. <laughs> Wait, what yep. does that mean? Like you just. Uh, if you've ever watched Olympic style uh-huh. weightlifting, uh-huh. yeah, I just, me and a couple friends did that. I had a coach who still is an Olympic coach what? and we started, he started training our volleyball team mm-hmm. so that we could improve our jump and so on and so forth. And I guess I could clean and jerk like a madman. And so- <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> clean and jerk? Clean and jerk. What does that mean? Is that the move? It's a, it's a weight lifting move like it's like you bring it up here bring it up to your shoulders and then you push it up above and then the other one you're gonna love this one it's called the snatch (laughs) i can't i can't it is an olympic jerk it sounds bad enough it is an olympic style weightlifting move i swear that is a terrible name i know that's like a that's a thing still it's called the snatch the snatch oh that's so bad oh my god (laughs) Were you good at the snatch? <laughs> no, my girlfriend was really incredible at the snatch because she had a big booty, and you have to bottom out in the snatch. <laughs> I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe I just said I that. I love it. I love it. So in between cleaning and jerking in the weight room, what what are your ambitions in life? What did you want to be when you grew up? 
Did you know in high school? No. See, that's mm. the thing. I never, I was the kid that like graduated. I had no idea what I wanted to do. Thought I wanted to be a marine biologist, and my dad was doing everything in his power to talk me out of it. Why? But that's because he knew I wasn't going to make any money, and I'd end up in mm. research. And yeah, you know, it's a very competitive field, and he tried to talk me out of it. But that's why I moved to Oregon. I packed my stuff even before I graduated high school and moved here and went to OSU. Did you graduate? I did. Okay. Seniors got done early, so you know we were released early. Packed my stuff, moved, and went back to graduate. So you didn't even like do graduation? Oh, I did. Okay. I did, but okay. um, I yeah, I just left and came back and left again. Why Oregon? Why OSU? Because they had a good marine biology program. Okay, so, so. you were sorry, like Dad, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm going. Like, I'm going, okay. and unfortunately, I got to OSU and then figured out. I'm way too late. I probably should have volunteered, you know, at age five in some aquarium in order to get where I was going. So Is I was it competitive? Extremely competitive. Extremely competitive. Well, I think, I mean, maybe I think around this time, because um, I remember growing up, marine biology is like super trendy. Oh, very trendy. Occupation. Yeah. Like everybody wanted to be, I mm-hmm. think I at one point I wanted to be a marine biologist. Who didn't? Because we all want to swim with dolphins. Right, exactly. Right? Who doesn't want to do that? Right. And then... Yeah, and I was never good in biology or chemistry. So Those are hard classes. I just said, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, so you go and decide marine biology is just not – that's not it. So do you change – I just stayed the course with a biology, zoology um, okay. degree. And, you know, still was thinking, well, okay, I could go this route. I could go this route. Not really sure. And then um, – one day I was talking to my dad on the phone and, um, you know, I'm like, I just, I have no idea what I'm going to do with myself. And he mm-hmm. said, well, what about vet school? Well, huh, interesting. And I went and I talked to my counselor at, at the time and she looked at my grades, which were admittedly poor because I was working, trying to put myself through college. And she looked at me and she said, you will never get into vet school. Mm. And I said, watch me. What was her name? I don't remember. Well, lady. <laughs> I don't remember, but she told me it would never happen. I wonder if, do you think her telling you that kind of lit a fire inside of you? It absolutely did. It was a reality for me, for sure. I mean, she was right. My grades were poor, and I had always been a straight-A student in yeah. high school. It was not hard for me. I did not have to study, and that was the thing. I didn't have to study. I didn't learn how to study until I was in college. Oh, same I was a horrible, horrible. studier. They don't teach horrible. you how they to don't. do that. They don't. Which is awful. And so it definitely lit a fire. And I changed. I turned my I turned turned my life around, you know. Mm-hmm. And I just said, you know, I'm not gonna do I can't I gotta go to college and I gotta I'm in college. I have to turn this into something. Yeah. So it definitely lit a fire underneath me. Uh so. what were you doing? What were you working? Like what were you doing? Waiting Wait, tables. Waiting tables. Yeah. So did you sell cars? No, <laughs> you had to bring that up, didn't you? Didn't sure you? Did. <laughs> well, I know this about you. When did you do that? Um, well, bef- right before I went to vet school, I was um, I was working as a pharmaceutical rep right. down here. Yes, and um, they fired me because I ruptured a disc in my back, and I had I was couldn't work because I couldn't sit, and so I was not able to work, and um, they fired me. And that, that's nice. It, yeah, it wasn't super cool, but um, it's it was honestly probably selling cars was one of the also a big surprise of my life. Well, your husband Alan says you were fantastic at it. I was pretty darn good. Yeah, I think it was refreshing to people to see me walk out 
versus some of the other guys that were there because they were big intimidating dudes and Mm -hmm. I would walk out and um we so we worked well together I met some of the most awesome caring kind people Mm -hmm. of my life selling cars I learned a lot where did you sell cars Lithia Volkswagen oh v-dubs that's right nice yeah and you know I drive a Jetta I do know that her name's Spanky Oh, mm-hmm. it's named. Mm-hmm. Spanky. I didn't, I didn't know she had a name. So you were really good at selling cars. How long did you do this for? And was it specifically to just get some cash or you just needed a job? I needed a job before mm-hmm. I started vet school. I had applied for vet school, didn't know that I was in. Um, and I was flipping through the pages of the newspaper at the time looking for jobs. Mm-hmm. And that shows you how old I am. I was looking in the newspaper for a job. What's that? <laughs> and and actually, I take that back. We were buying a car because when I got fired, I lost my car. So we had to buy a car mm-hmm. and started talking to a dude. And he said, you know, we're looking for salespeople. They pay you a flat salary, $2,500 for the first six months, whether you sell a car or not. And I thought, at least I'll be making something. Yeah. And I made a ton of money. Um, Look at you. And I had a great time. Good. Made some really good friends. People I still talk to. That's awesome. Yeah. So when did you and Alan meet? Hmm. Let's see. We've been married for 17 years. We met in 97. 97? Where? Red Robin in Salem. (laughs) Red Robin. (laughs) He was the busser, and I went in to see a good friend of mine. And he uh, was a bus boy. He was a bus boy. Had just gotten out of the army, had a good old high and tight, ears poking out. He was so cute. <laughs> he was so cute. And I wanted absolutely nothing to do with him. Of course. I wanted nothing to do with him. Had just broken up with somebody, and my girlfriend said, Just give him your number. Like, was he flirting with you? Oh, yes, very much. Of course. You know my husband. He flirts with everybody. (laughs) He's so good at it. He's he's I call him Casanova. Yeah, he's such a flirt. (laughs) Did he have like a pickup line? No. He I, asked for your number, obviously. He just asked for my number. Yeah. And we had fun. And um, we dated for about three months and then kind of went our separate ways. And a couple years later, he showed up. Yeah. Oddly, the gal that I had met him through moved. Mm-hmm. And I called her phone number and got a Hispanic-speaking family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I was a little taken aback by it. And Alan was the only one who I could get a hold of that I knew might have her number. So I called him and said, I need Cheryl's phone number. And we started talking, and are you single? And I said, actually, yes, I am. And I said, are you single? And he said, nope, but I will be. <gasps> oh, stop. <laughs> That's the cutest thing ever. Yeah. And then a week later, he called me back and was like, I can't, I can't do it. She started crying. <laughs> but he eventually did break up with her, and it's all in history since. <laughs> that poor girl. I know. I know. She got she got dumped. She didn't even know what was coming. She didn't. Did you guys, he lived in Salem, and you lived, <clears throat> like, in Corvallis? Okay. Mm-hmm. So it was a little bit of a long distance for a while? Mm-hmm. Okay. It was. And then when we broke up, and then he, when we got back together, he was actually in Lincoln City working for mm-hmm. Pacific West Ambulance there. Okay. And I was still in Corvallis. And okay. Going to vet school? No, not at the time. I was actually getting time. my MBA. Okay. So when does vet school happen? Vet school happened after we moved down here. Got my MBA. That's right. And I got my MBA to try to get into vet school because I got declined the first time I applied. Mm. They said, you need to do better. And uh, it was because the first couple years my GPA brought me down pretty significantly. Yeah. And we moved down here. I got a job as a drug rep, and I just felt very... 
I hated the job. It was horrible. Good pay, and it's really yeah. good for some people, but it was not the right place for me. Um, and um, I was sitting in church one day, and the pastor was talking about um, – you know, work. We all work. And when you are doing a job that you are unhappy with, not only is your te- integrity a question, but you're never fully able to serve the people around you to your capacity that you have. And it really struck a chord with me. And mm-hmm. I went home from that and I said, I got to go back to vet school. I'm miserable and I don't want to be miserable. No. Right. So what vet school did you apply to? Oregon State. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, was How long is vet school? How long is the program? Vet school itself, once you get in, is four years. Jeez. Gosh, was it hard? So hard. What's hard? So ab- what's hard about hard. it? Um, the the intensity. You know, I think twenty seven credit units of upper division classes. Um, the amount of material that they push at you. Um, it's hard because you have to learn cats, dogs, pigs, chickens, horses, cows. There's no distinguishing it at organ, you know, or separating it. They don't do a small animal track, so they you learn everything, every muscle, every nerve, every fiber of all those. It's all different, and it's all different. Um, very much, very similar in many ways, but very different, and um, it's just very intense. And I was away from Alan; he was here, and mm-hmm. I was there. That was really hard. Yeah, um, it's emotionally and physically draining, and um, yeah, it was super hard. Oh, yikes. Uh, did you have a favorite part about vet school? Um, I made some really amazing friends, mm-hmm. for sure. So that was a that's a good part of it. I think one of my favorite parts, which was a surprise to me, was um, large animal medicine and large animal surgery, my rotations in those things, because I learned so much. And I learned a lot about myself. It was a big surprise. And it, it just took me by surprise mm-hmm. at how much I loved it. I don't know. I'm not sure if there was a specific part because it was so brutal. But um, did you in vet school? Do you have to like work at a clinic somewhere like while you're going or during our um, junior and senior years? We do clinical rotations. The senior senior year is all about clinical rotations, and so you do rotations all through the large animal hospital, small animal hospital. I actually did a rotation at Jacksonville Veterinary Hospital in my senior year. Crazy. Um, and so, yeah, you spend time in different clinics and different situations, mm-hmm. um, a rotation up at the Portland Humane Society for a couple weeks. So they kind of spread you out and try to expose you to as much as possible. Okay. And you're working with animals, mm-hmm. like dead animals? Uh, oh, no. I mean, when I when I did my week rotation, for example, at Jacksonville Veterinary Hospital, I spayed and neutered animals. I did okay. surgeries. I saw appointments. It just depended. I did a necropsy rotation where, yes, I was working with all dead animals. but Yeah, I guess. So, like, in school, do you have a class where you're dissecting? Oh, uh-huh. Gross yes. anatomy. So, mm-hmm. Gross anatomy. Gross anatomy. Okay. The first year is gross anatomy. And we spend a lot of time in lecture and then lab dissecting and learning all the muscles and all everything. Okay. And you knew this was a right fit for you when you started? I did. And, and the reason I knew, you know, I... I was a technician for many years prior to uh, becoming a veterinarian and going to vet school, and I did that so I could see if I really loved the field, and mm-hmm. I did. And and I was old for vet school. I was 30 when I started, um, and I remember sitting down with the interview board. There were six people on the board, and you know they all questioned me, and many of them said, you're, you know, you're crazy. You're, you're a drug rep. You're making this much money, you have a free car, it's insurance, everything's paid for. Why would you do that to have this amount of loans, which is staggering, you can buy a home for that, 
to make less than what you're making right now. Why would you do that? And again, I just felt like I don't, I have to go to work the rest of my life and I want to do something that I'm happy with. Mm -hmm. And, and I want to be content with, with where I am and, and do a good job. And, um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, it was a good fit. Because most of these um, students are, what, 23? I had some in my class that were not even 21 yet when they started. They hadn't even graduated with their bachelor's degree yet. That's so obnoxious. I want to hate them, but they were all so stinking sweet. I couldn't. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's a bunch of animal lovers in a room, right? Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. There's just something about someone who loves animals. They're okay with me. You know? Sure. Like, I feel like I've met a few people who are like, I just don't like dogs. I don't know what it is. I just don't You're like right. them. Yeah. And I'm like, ugh. Uh, I'm not sure I like you anymore. Yeah, are you a psychopath? Like, <laughs> I just, how can you not like dogs? I don't know. I don't know. They're so sweet. Speaking of dogs, can we talk about Isabel? We can talk about it. I might cry. That's okay. It's likely that I will. How long do you have Isabel? 13 years. Dang. She was a, she was a little love bug. And she passed away when? Four years ago. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard. It's crazy how hard it still is. Yeah, it's super crazy. We lost, as you know, we lost Mia last year. Mm-hmm. And just now I'm going to cry. Um, when you think about where you were this time last year, and I just remember her health was deteriorating. And so um, I was talking with uh, Dr. Bliss, who you know. She's fantastic. She is fantastic. We were discussing how... This part of the job for veterinarians is so difficult, and we don't think about it as far as, like, pet owners go. Meaning, I'm not a big fan. I love you, but and I love to come see you and bring my animals to you. I was super excited for you to meet Bodie. But I, it's, I have PTSD going to the vet's office because sometimes you hear bad news, mm-hmm. and I've heard a lot of bad news mm-hmm. at the vet's office. Mm-hmm. Um, and you guys take that home with you. Yeah, it's a very real thing in veterinary field. Um, they call it compassion fatigue. That's what I was trying to think of the word, but that's yeah. exactly what Dr. Bliss said. Yeah, they call it compassion fatigue, and it's very, very real. And um, I, one of the things I learned in vet school, and I really take this to heart, it's never about me. It's never about me, as hard as it is. you know. And I gave some folks some very bad news today. Um, it's not about me at the time. As hard as it is, it's always about them. And... Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, it's really, it's very difficult at times, sometimes more than others. There are times where, because I, I do believe that euthanasia is, is a gift and it, and it's something that we get to give our pets as their sort of peaceful passage. And we all should be so lucky, uh, to, to pass in our own home, surrounded by the people that we love the most holding you. I mean, Everyone I've ever talked to has said, if I could go that way, that's the way that I would choose to go. Totally. Right? Um, But on the other side of it, as an owner, we're the ones that are making that decision. Mm -hmm. We're picking a date, which seems, and I have had people ask me, and in a a way that is not kind, you know, and, and call me a murderer, which is... Wait, what? Oh, it's, Yeah. Because there, there are some people that flat out do not believe in it, which is fine. It's very, it's very fine, and I can understand. They don't believe in euthanasia. They mm-hmm. believe in letting your animals and so they will suffer. Just, they just let them pass, and and so I've uh. had people say some pretty harsh things, and it's, um, but it's a, it's a gift, 
and we get the ability to um, ease suffering in a way that's very peaceful and it is also an art it can be done right mm-hmm. and it can be done wrong and I've seen it done wrong and it, and, um, and go not well um, but it, it you know it's peaceful yeah when it's done right um, when did you get Izzy? I know you said you had her for 13 years. 13 years, years. yeah. So Did you get her here? We did, yeah. And she was a hot mess, wreck, backyard breeder. I never should have bought her, knew full well, but stinking adorable. She's a pug? She was a pug, yeah. Yeah. And your baby. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. Yep. No one loved that dog more than you. Alan? <laughs> Sadly, I think that, well, I don't think he loved her more than me, but he loved her just as much. Yeah. And it surprised him. Yeah. He didn't want her at all. No? No. Did not want her at all. What are some really good memories of her? Um, Gosh, I have so many because she was, when I went to vet school and left Alan here, I took her with me. Mm-hmm. And she was with me all the time. Mm-hmm. And we spent so many hours together. But I have so many memories. She was a big dog in, in a little dog's body and, yeah. and would hike with me. Um, I remember uh, one time Kelly Wright, also a fire wife, uh-huh. she and I, um, we were up camping and we were at Diamond Lake and we hiked 10 miles one day and Isabel was right behind us the whole way. Um, she would snowshoe with us and she would jump through these snow drifts and just drop down and then she would spring back up and jump down and and then finally when she would get tired, we'd stuff her in a backpack yep. and carry her the rest of the way. And I have so many memories of her just, you know, being she did everything with us she did everything yeah yeah there um you know like I said we uh, we had to put Mia down last August and so what surprised me I think um because you get super emotional about it and I think there's probably a part of at least for me there's a part of my brain that that's thinking this is just a dog but it's not it's not just a dog and I think what surprised me the most was the amount of support I got from friends and just people who, you know, friends and acquaintances. And I mean, I got cards and I got, you yeah. know, donations to So Humane in her name. Yeah. And I just couldn't believe, I think we've reached a different point in our society when it comes to animals and our sure. pets. Do you, do you agree? Oh, absolutely. It's very different than so different when we were kids even, you know, yeah. and let alone our grandparents. Yeah. And I think one of the things for me and I, when we lost our dog, my husband's dog, um, that he had before we were together, I found this little saying and it goes something like dogs make the most amazing friends. They ask no questions. They pass no criticisms. And it's so true. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. We all have bad days and I can be horrible to the people around me Mm -hmm. and in general, because I'm in a bad mood and you can be at your worst. And you walk in the house and your dog is so excited to see you. So excited. And it doesn't matter how big of an asshole I was that day. <laughs> they, they, and it's so, so it's just so un- unbelievable. They yeah. love you like nothing else. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's extremely powerful. It is. But I mean, I was at an event literally the very next week and uh, someone came over to me and gave me a hug and said, I'm so sorry. And I was like, thank you. And he goes, you know, I think it's harder than losing a human in your life at times. It can be, depending on the relationship. And I was like, yeah. And so on one hand, you know, I kind of was like, 
well, if I can get through this, if I can grieve this, then that kind of makes me, I feel like a strong person. Um, but it's, it, it's still tough. I mean, it's still, I know you're here, you are four years in and it's yeah. still tough. I think the hardest part for me was I actually didn't get to say goodbye to Isabel because she passed when I was out of town and it was heartbreaking because, and I, I, I will never forget it. I was in a rush to get out of town and I took her, um, to my veterinary hospital and I passed her to one of my technicians and was like, I'm late, I gotta go. Gave her a little kiss on the cheek and ran out the door and I never saw her again. And I just, I just always felt like it would be different. Yeah. I, I always envisioned yeah. being the one that was yeah. there with her and helping her pass. Yeah. And um, yeah, I just, I, I regret that very deeply, but I loved her desperately. Mm -hmm. And she, she knew that, she knows that. Um, okay, we're gonna move on before we start bawling. Good idea. Um, I, I do, I've told this story before on this podcast, but uh, the very next day after um, after we you came over and you put Mia down for us, which was an ab absolute gift, um, I was in the salon and my, you know, my hairdresser is, you know, I'm so sorry, whatever, and, and we're sitting down doing my hair and um, towards the end of the visit, this gorgeous woman walks past us, behind us, and my hairdresser goes, hi, Mia, I'll be with you in a second. Wow. Crazy, right? That is crazy. Um, it, I, I started bawling, and she was like, Trish, I'm so sorry, and I'm like, no, that's amazing. That's like, I feel like that's my dog saying, you know, it's okay. I'm, okay. I'm okay, mama. Yeah. yeah. So um, I've told that story before, but I just, I love that story. It, like, yeah. I cherish that, absolutely mm -hmm. cherish it. Um, getting back to compassion fatigue, though, have you felt that personally? Do you come home? Because you're, you're carrying all of this with you. Every client that you see that you have to deliver bad news, that's coming right on you. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I have felt it. I have felt it for sure. And, and there are times where, you know, um, I'll euthanize two or three pets in a day. Um, and um, That's a lot of emotion. It is a lot of emotion. And one day in particular, I had um, two that I was doing at the same time. Two families in two separate rooms. Um, big groups of people in the room with a lot of emotion. Jeez. And both of them, both of the families requested that I be there with them. And, and, and I... I shed a lot of tears yeah. in walking between those two rooms with those families as they poured their hearts out and said goodbye to their friends. And and again, I, I it's never about me, but the one thing that I always have the hardest time with, especially when people are very attached, is I really do feel like I'm stealing something from mm -hmm. someone. Yeah. So it's real for sure. Well, it's hard too as a pet owner because you don't know, you know, in, in Mia's case, I know we called you on a Monday and you basically said, we need to pick a day this week. And I'm like, how do you pick a day yeah. to say, it's just, it, yeah. it blew my mind. And it's not like, I get it. I understand. Cause the last thing I wanted was for her to suffer, but we knew it that morning, the day of, I saw it in her face. Mm -hmm. She was just done. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, I don't like, like you said, it is a gift. I think it's so, um, it's so incredible that you can choose when you say goodbye to yeah. your, your best buddy. Um, have you had I know you've had some crazy cases at at this clinic in the last several years. Sure. You want me to give you one? I want one, yeah. Crazy cases. I want something good. Maybe something maybe something a little dirty. 
Not as dirty as the clean and jerk. Let's, this is PG. Okay. <laughs> um, crazy cases. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't. Um, I mean, you can't. You can't talk about like poop because you get pooped on all the time. All the time. Peed on all the time. All the time. I yeah. Get worse. I get sprayed with anal sacs. That's <laughs> worse. <laughs> that is the worst. <gasps> Those um, anal glands. Anal, yeah, that's no fun. Let's talk about that really quickly. All right. They are, where are they located I in? Really, really? In, we have to talk about in the, this. In the b-hole. Where are they? They're inside, right? Uh, they lie just underneath the skin at the 4 and the 8 o'clock position. 4 and 8 o'clock position. Okay, yep, so lower. Yep, yep, right, yes. right here. Yes. Show everybody <laughs> Show everybody on the camera. Here, but here. they're they're inside, right? They're underneath the skin, and there's a small duct that leads to the anal opening. And if you watch your dog poop closely at the end of defecation, you'll see it. You will see as their external anal sphincter squeezes, little drops, drip, drip. Oh, so every time they poop, yes, they're supposed to. They're sort supposed of, to express them on their own, but it doesn't always happen, and they get some of them are impacted, full, impacted, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and you and get I. to. I do. And my Expel wonderful that. staff. Yes. yes. They love it. It's, well, I mean, I think it's like popping a zit, right? Yes, yes. It, that it can, can bring a lot of satisfaction. Very rewarding, except right. for it's much stinkier. Oh, it's awful. It's much yes. stinkier. I, um, I mean, I know what the smell is like, and it doesn't necessarily bother me. I think it stinks. I'm not like, oh, that's delicious, but I think it stinks. Chuck can't do it, my husband. Chuck, like he's just like, oh. Same, Alan's a gagger. It's yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, really? You, the calls that you go I know, on and the stuff I know. you see and smell and. We have a very strict deal. Except with my kids. Like when we raft on the Rogue River, yeah. you gotta take your own pooper. Yeah. I'm out. You picked your field, I picked mine. You deal with the human feces on that raft trip and elsewhere, unless it's my children's. And I will do the animal stuff because he will gag all the way home. And I love him so dearly and it's so funny. <laughs> so wait, <laughs> he on rafting trips with just you and your family? Well, no, like when we, we just went down the wild and yeah. a couple weeks ago with some friends, a couple other firefighters, you have to take the groover. Yeah, you have to pack it in and pack it out. Right. So you pack a toilet. Not my job. No, okay. Not my job. Right. And he gags the whole way home? He does not. See, that's the thing. Like you do that. Oh, and he, I will express the anal sacs. I will clean up the dog poop. My husband will walk around piles of dog poop and vomit in our home if they ever occur. <laughs> he will bypass them. What a baby. <laughs> it's He's totally out because he will gag. <laughs> but bring on the human poop. <laughs> he can do it. And I know. Oh, man. Yeah. They, the stuff that they see, but he's out for that. Yeah. That's so out. funny. <laughs> I know. I hear, you know, Chuck comes home oh, and will tell me about some of your stories. Stuff. It's crazy. Blows my mind. Blows my mind. And I'm like, get in the shower. <laughs> yeah. Don't touch me. Sanitize. I love, <laughs> I love you. All right. Let's talk about your kiddos. Okay. Uh, Miss Marin, mm -hmm. just a princess. Yeah. So you were actually, you guys were trying to have a baby. You were having a tough time. To say the least. That was a really, a really low point in your life yeah very much you had how many miscarriages did you have oh we're gonna go there yeah okay um seven seven tammy mm -hmm. and this was heartbreaking for you i mean i remember you and we were hanging out in my living room talking about this and you guys wanted a baby so badly 
And it just, it was, it was a struggle for you guys. Yeah, it was very painful. So talk to me though, crazy story. You're, you're trying all these different things to have a baby. I tried a lot of stuff. Um, when you were dealing first though, when you were dealing with, because there's so many women out there, I know several right now who have had miscarriages and then just gave birth and, Mm -hmm. you know, super happy, but the low of a miscarriage is pretty low. Yes. Yeah. It's very low. Yeah. And there's a lot of women who deal with that, who are dealing with that right now. And miscarriage is very normal. And and, super normal. You know, in a way it's healthy. I mean, that's your body's way of telling you that this baby was not, may or may not have been viable or healthy or may have had birth defects, which nobody wants that. You Mm -hmm. know, we all want a healthy child. Of course. Um, And, but I had a laundry list of other things that were going wrong with me. Enzyme deficiencies, low thyroid gland, you know, all this other stuff that when added together, I just could not maintain a pregnancy. Yeah. And I'm sure at some point in all of that, you know, you're putting all of that on you. you oh, know? very much so. This is all my fault. Yes. What am I not doing right? Yeah. Um, and, and I did everything and I changed my entire life. No alcohol, no this, no that, no other. Eight specific ways. Um, I did everything I could to try to change yeah. things. How long were you guys trying? Was it over like a couple of years or? Um, gosh, it's been so long ago now. Yes, many years. Yeah. And and ultimately, um, you know, I did have a, I had doctors tell me it's very possible you will never have children. And that was heartbreaking for you. It was you. very heartbreaking. We had so many procedures and infertility. I mean, like, I'm not the only one that's ever struggled with this and they're so demeaning it's so demeaning when you finally get lumped in that classification medically as having infertility issues Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. doors don't open for you until you pay for your services first because it's none of it is covered and you're in the office weekly for blood draws and ultrasounds and this test and that test Mm -hmm. and the other and I remember being raw and emotional and standing in front of the receptionist surrounded in an office, an OBG office by pregnant women, just like the worst insult. And not that I would begrudge any of them of a healthy baby, No, but, but it was just salt in the wound. Yeah. And, and, and standing in front of people when all I wanted to do was escape to the back so that you could then tell me I was losing another child. It was yeah. devastating on so many levels. Right. You go, I think you went to like try acupuncture. I did try acupuncture, and, and honestly, I really believe that is a major, major component for both of my children, yeah. why I was able to get pregnant. there. But there was something, I feel like you were about to try <laughs> something. You were about to go do something. IVF. I was signed up for IVF and supposed to start IVF. And? Um, I had started acupuncture because when I went up and, and counseled with OHSU um, infertility department, they when we went up for the treatment and the implantation, they said, you have to bring an IV or a, um, acupuncturist with you. And after we implant, then we take you in and your acupuncturist does acupuncture to increase blood flow to the uterus. And I thought, well, <laughs> if you want me to do it then, maybe I should just be proactive and start it now. Yeah. Can't hurt, right? right. I'm willing to try anything right. at this point. Right. And um, Jen Collins is an amazing woman, Ashland Holistic Health, um, and she absolutely changed um, everything for me. One of my major issues was the lining of my uterus was not thick enough to support 
fetal mm-hmm. development. And within a few months of having regular acupuncture, my uterine lining was tripled in size. In wow. Depth. And the doctors were blown away by it. I yeah. mean, it really made a big difference. And I mean, I make this jokingly, but I truly, if if Jen had said, listen, I'm going to pee on your head because it helps, I probably would have let her do it. Right, I, right here. Or, <laughs> Pee away. Go ahead, please, because <laughs> I have full, I mean, ac- I was very, and she says too, you know, Tammy, you're very responsive to acupuncture therapy. Not everybody is like that. But I started it with the intent of doing IVF. Mm-hmm. And um, my husband, we were we were about ready to start IVF. They were monitoring me via um, ultrasound. Yeah. And he went hunting. And I got a phone call from my doctor that said, you're a go. Everything is looking great. They put the phone call into up, up at OHSU, and OHSU called me and said, we're ready. You are going to be expecting a phone call from a pharmacy that will, and you need to approve your first shipment of medications for this cycle. Okay. Um, and it's going to be $5,870, something like that. And I was just blown away. No, Still knowing, I knew it was coming, but I was staggered by it. And yeah. my husband was gone. And... I couldn't say to him, okay, are are we good? Are we ready to go? And it was right after Thanksgiving. It was hectic, crazy time. Uh And I was overwhelmed. And I confided in a friend. Just, I didn't, I don't do those things without my husband. I mean, he's my rock and my foundation. And I consult him with everything. And so the fact that he was not there for me to lean on and say, okay, we're pulling the trigger. This is it. 5,800 bucks. This is the first step down the road. Are we all, are are we, we, are we good? And my friend said, you know, then why not wait? You can always do it. There's no there's no one month for IVF. You can do it next month mm-hmm. when he gets home. And I felt so freed. It was, uh, yes, you're right. Absolutely. Okay. So I called the pharmacy and I just said, you know what? We're just going to hold off. We're going to get through Christmas. Come January. I'm in. I'm in. We're good. We're good to go. But right now I've got so much on my plate. I can't deal with this and I need my person. I, I mm-hmm. need him. And um, two weeks later, I found out I was pregnant. That's crazy. It is crazy. It's it's absolutely crazy. And I will never forget ever, ever, ever the moment they laid my daughter in my arms. Mm. That's awesome. Were you, when you found out you were pregnant, were you just like? Terrified. 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 Every day. Yeah. Every day until she laid. She was in my arms. Yeah. And the same with my son. Yeah. Yeah, you had two. And I had multiple miscarriages in between and every day. And and, and it was a point of tension for my husband and I, for sure. Mm-hmm. He wanted me to be happy. Yeah. But I couldn't be because I was terrified. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's You're talking about nine months of not knowing. Of fear. Of, of fear. When is it going to happen? And yeah. Every time I would have a pain, I would. I was terrified. I bet was terrified and now you have two incredibly beautiful children I do yeah, yeah. you're I'm sorry I'm making you cry <laughs> I don't. do you do this to everybody <laughs> yeah it's awful no <laughs> no you're not the first crier oh my gosh sorry <laughs> it's a good story though it is a great story because there's so many women out there that this they're going through this right yeah. now and I, and I didn't understand it. I still don't. Yeah. I still don't understand. Um, but I have been able to help a lot of people. Yeah. And just share, um, for I sure. I think just the idea of, like, 
hey, I went through that. Yeah. And it sucks. And I'm sorry. Yeah. And it does. It's and everybody's is different. Sure. Everybody's is different, but it's painful. Um, you're one of those. I call you a Wonder Woman. <laughs> I have very. I have. I have. I have a certain amount of of people in my my squad and my tribe that are Wonder Women, and that means they can just sort of do everything. Mm-hmm. You know, you because you were on maternity leave, but not for long. Right? No. Yeah. And unfortunately, no. I mean, I my with my daughter, I was ten weeks, which is good. But More than I mean, what a lot of people get. Yeah, but you're, I mean, you're just you're taking care of this baby. You're working. You're taking care of your house, and you're doing it all by yourself. I mean, Alan, of course, is helping you. Mm-hmm. I mean, but sometimes I feel like Alan's your third child. Sometimes, it's true. A little bit. It's true. A little bit. We love him, but yes, it takes a village. To it, raise it does. Alan. It takes a village. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but you're just. I mean, you were. You just do it all. And I remember I came to see you one weekend uh, when Marin was still little. And you've got, like, hundreds of jars of baby food that you made. Do you remember that? I, yeah. And then you, like, had to work that week. And then you're, like, cleaning your house. And I'm just like, damn, Gina. Like, you're just doing all of it. Wonder Woman. You're a Wonder know. Woman. I'm not sure that's well-deserved, but I try. I think it is. I think it is. Um, also... Also, because Marin is probably one of the most well-behaved, well, at the time. I haven't seen her in a while. Oh, she's fantastic. Both of my kids are fantastic. But, yes, my daughter is amazing. Because of you, though. Like, she was, when we came, we had dinner at your house, and she was, like, getting over a cold. And she's coughing into her elbow like a little princess and saying, excuse me, and please and thank you. And she's, like, four. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. She's she's a good gal. Wait. We, um, just like a dog, when you take a dog somewhere, <laughs> you don't ever want to be that person that is like, oh, you can't have the Rogers over because they have the obnoxious dog. Right. Right? Yeah. And being a parent, I thought vet school was super hard, mm-hmm. but being a parent is so hard. Mm-hmm. And I never had kids before I had kids. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. Right. Every day. Um, it's the most, it's the hardest job and it's so humbling and it's our job, mine mm-hmm. and Alan's, to make them somebody and, and to make Raise them, a good human. Yeah, to raise a good human that other people want to be around. Yeah. And so far, I we're doing an all right job, I yeah. think. Um, our kids are both exceptional people, and they're giving and they're caring. Um, yeah, they're it's amazing. Like, it's like socialization, with, like, you know, like you said, with a dog. Right. Same, I mean, I'm doing – Bodie, we're going through the same thing with Bodie. Yes, we're taking. We're trying to take him to brewery. Like, see, you need a brewery or a winery where you can. <laughs> you can just take your kids. Kids too. are allowed, and yeah. you know they go through like politeness training or something sure. while they're. I don't it's know. all practice. Yes, it absolutely is. Um, and then you texted me actually. Talk to me about Operation Backpack. This is something you started at Marin School. Yeah, um, that's a pretty awesome program. I have learned so much first of all I have a huge shout out to any teacher like I have such a huge respect for educators and I really really gained that appreciation when my daughter started kindergarten last mm-hmm. year and we're in the Rogue River School District um, which is a pretty poor school district yeah um, with a lot of kids that have some deep needs and <clears throat> being in that school and being there and volunteering in my daughter's classroom was one of the most is and has been one of the most amazing experiences of my life because I get the opportunity to go in and just love on kids who some of them don't have anybody else in their life yeah. who other than their teacher really believes in them. And um, 
I was really struck last year when she was, or two years ago now when she was in kindergarten by the need for kids and not only how hungry they were for attention and love and affection, but how hungry they were. Yeah. They were hungry. And knowing that many of them on the weekends had no food. Um, and so weekends are, are tough because they go home and outside of their free lunch on the at school, they have, they don't get dinner. They don't have food on the weekends and it broke my heart. Yeah. That's heartbreaking. And so, um, with the help of some really amazing people, um, I started a program called the Operation Backpack at Marin School. And last year, we were able to send a backpack full of food home with 19 kids on the weekend through the entire school year. And hoping to expand it more this Every year. week? Every weekend. Wow. Every weekend. Myself and a couple other people would go. That just um, gave me goosebumps. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. And, and really amazing because I remember the first week that we delivered backpacks and the kids were pulling stuff out and there was a little boy over a can of chicken noodle soup was jumping for joy. Oh my gosh. Chicken noodle soup. That's the cutest thing I've ever heard. How many cans of that do you have in your pantry or do you have like that that we take for granted? Oh man. And this little boy was over the moon excited over this can of soup and yeah, you know you're doing something right when you get that reaction. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's pretty incredible. So this is Rogue River School District. Mm -hmm. Do you do it just for her class? No, it's um, 19 kids that were through the school, identified not by me. They were identified by the educators. I see. Pick okay. Them based on their need and what they know, many of them on the homeless list. Um, and so they picked them and then, um, yeah, we would pack the backpacks every weekend or every Friday or Thursday if it was a long weekend mm -hmm. and over the holidays and send them with food. That's amazing. And you're gonna do it again this year? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. All right, we're gonna wrap up. I'm not gonna make you, well, I don't know, you may still cry, I don't know. If... Oh, there's, there's, there might, hey, my app, I'm a very emotional person. Same here, I'm the worst, <laughs> I'm the worst, like I can't, you know the the videos of of the dog the reunions with the dogs and oh, like people gosh. coming back from like a yeah. deployment. Yeah, every time I lose it, I just lose it. Yeah. Okay. Final three best advice you've ever been given. That was hard. You told me about this, but I don't know. Do you want as a professional, as a mom, or a wife? All of it. All right. Give me all of it. All of it. As a wife. Um. To look to one another's interests, not merely your own. Pay attention to what's important to him mm. as well. Even though I don't get pack goats and why we need 15 of them, <laughs> it's, it's really important to him. <laughs> I didn't know you guys had goats. We do. We only have five. Bruce, Doug, and Steve, Larry, and Kevin. One more time, please. Bruce, Doug, and Steve. Mm -hmm. Larry and Kevin. I, I do need to have Alan on this podcast. You do. Um, so, okay, I like that. Let's pay good. attention to what's important to him, mm -hmm. even though it's not to you. Um, as a mom, leave the party on a good note. Hmm. So before your toddler hits chocolate mess meltdown, pick him up and leave, which is really hard to do. Um, and then as a professional, make a plan. Make a plan and stick to it. Good stuff. Yeah, very basic, simple stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but those would probably be it. Some it's very, some of the best advice I feel like is just very, very basic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Nike, just do it. Right. 
And it's probably, I, I, you know, I did a lot of soul searching and thinking. I'm sure somebody else has said something much deeper and more profound, but no. it's the simple little things that I can remember no. like that. No, that's, so. uh, yeah, I've heard a lot of really good advice on doing this podcast. So uh, if you ever left this place, what would you miss the most? What would bring you back here? <clears throat> good question. I think home is wherever my family would be, my husband and my kids. So I could take that anywhere and mm-hmm. make home. Um, but I think it would probably be the people that I know. I have some some amazing people in my life, mm-hmm. people who have learned me and um, and my husband, and and they love us for our ugly, mm-hmm. regardless, and they accept us for who we are, um, and that's pretty hard to find. Yeah, totally. My mom was just in town, and we were talking about friendships, and one of her very best friends who actually passed away, uh, she had breast cancer, mm-hmm. um, but we talk about her all the time, Miss Gloria, one of the most fantastic women on the planet. Mm-hmm. Just every, she was, she was the party. Everybody loved her. She was hilarious. Um, but she said, you know, we love our friends, warts and all. Mm-hmm. And my mom said that like several times while she was here and it just, it's so true. Yeah, it is. And then there, I mean, there, you know, you have friends and there, there's some that can accept you for, for your faults. And, and honestly, I would, I would put you and your husband right up there on the top of that. I've mm-hmm. never met two people who are more accepting and loving than, than the two of you put together and combined. Well, goodness. Um, thank you. So I think that's probably what brings me home. That, that, that would be good. Yeah. Friendships for sure. Yeah. Important. Okay. Final meal, final drink. What would that look like for you? Your last, <clears throat> your last day of food on the planet. You're a foodie. And so you'll yes. probably be appalled by this. You're a foodie too. I am. But you know, the only thing that I could come back to is if I had a choice my grandma would make me a grilled ham and cheese sandwich. Brilliant. I love grilled ham and cheeses, by the way. I remember so many times showing up at her house as a kid, late through college, and I would drive there. And I don't know why, but she always made me a grilled ham and cheese sandwich. And I've never felt more at home, mm-hmm. never felt more loved. And then that just simple little thing. I know. So That's I'd, awesome. That have to be that. Okay, well, what you drinking? Oh, a glass of wine, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if my grandma would go for that. For, she didn't drink wine, but I'd have a glass of wine with my grandma and a grilled cheese sandwich. Brilliant. Best meal ever. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, this was a lot of fun, Dr. Tammy Rogers. Thanks. I had fun too. From Jackson. Did you? I did. Although you made me cry multiple times. Yeah. Only like three times. I, only three times. And I told. I said things I never thought I would share. Yeah. <laughs> Go me. <laughs> I didn't know if I could say no to you. Brilliant. Brilliant. You can say no to whatever. But, well, I mean, the miscarriage thing, I wanted to talk about that because it was a huge part of your life. And it's. I think it's important to share that kind of stuff with people because who knows? There could be someone listening to this later and go, wow, that really helped me out. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah. Spread the love. Absolutely. All right. If you're listening to this podcast on iTunes and you like it, please subscribe, rate, and review. It helps other people find us. We're also on Google Play and Stitcher. You can check out the video portion at ktvl.com. Just click on features and then off script one more time. My good friend, I hope we're still friends after this, (laughs) Tammy Rogers. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me.